The Morning Show. The Home Team. No, it's both. It's the crossover. Crossover! Step back! Presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville. Right here on 960theref.com. Welcome one and all. It is episode 86 of the Crossover Podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville. And I have it on good authority that like within the next uh, week, that uh, Five Points location, that if you've uh, driven around Five Points, you've probably seen it. I mean, it looks like it pretty much is finished and uh, ready to open. Well, it is ready to open. So uh, expect Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen to be uh, up and serving you in Five Points within the uh, next week, the next uh, days. By the time you are listening to this, Chris Brain from the home team, David Johnston from the morning show with a uh, couple of things to dive into today. It's pretty good that uh, Georgia basketball has become a theme for us here on the uh, last couple of uh, installments with the recruiting they're doing and also peeking into the portal to get a point guard. Now they've also added another one in uh, recruiting severe Wheeler. So we will uh, touch on that. Future football scheduling, Georgia and uh, Oklahoma agreeing to a a deal that'll send the dogs to Norman in 2023 with the Sooners returning to Athens in 2031. And uh, we'll mix in a little baseball, too, with the uh, Braves and uh, Georgia, who erased that uh, sweep at Mississippi State by sweeping the Gators and uh, now are headed to Auburn just two weekends left in the regular uh, season, but uh, we'll start, you know, football and future schedules, Dave, Uh, who cannot like what George has been doing on this front and uh, the dogs and Sooners going to renew their uh, acquaintances. They met for the first time ever in the Rose Bowl back on January 1 of 2018 and now are uh, set to meet again in 23 and 31. Although the way I see it, I mean, these two schools might play again before that in the playoff. Yeah, we we talked about that on the morning show. Um, you know, what do you th- what are the chances of Georgia playing Oklahoma more than twice before twenty thirty one? So, with the playoff, and if these two teams continue to be teams that get in the playoff, yeah, then I guess they would have a good chance of of seeing each other. I'm a little confused. I'm not really complaining. I'm just confused about the the distance of the two games, twenty three, which is the hundredth anniversary of their stadium at Oklahoma for uh, Memorial Stadium. So right. I guess there's that tie-in. But, you know, why did they settle on 2031 for the game here in Athens when there are, it looks like, chances for Georgia to have hosted them before that? So I, I don't know. Yeah, that's if, if there's just one little uh, nitpicky thing about what Georgia's doing in scheduling, it's like it's, you know, with one hand, they're – they're they're announcing a lot of interesting and attractive future home and home series, but they're so far in the distance that you might stop and uh, not pay attention to the fact that Notre Dame comes here this year, but then next year's home schedule is not good. Twenty one still has one vacancy, but so far it's not good. Um, you know, I guess twenty two is that the Oregon That's game? Oregon at the bend. Yeah. So if you look, I mean, within the next like five or six years, Georgia's home schedules are garbage unless they've. And I guess there are some some vacancies still potentially to add some games. But as of right now, these games are all like way off in the distance and not uh, and not any time recent. So and it, it was also pointed out too. And if you look at the odd numbered years and the even numbered years, I know you have to take the I guess the Florida game into the equation because every other year you lose an SEC home game. Uh, but 
it was also pointed out, I hadn't really noticed it too, that in all these home and homes that we've scheduled, that Georgia's going on the road first in all of these games. So does that, I, I mean, I don't know what that, if that means anything or not, like Oklahoma, now granted, eight years apart, but the UCLA series, Georgia goes there in 25, UCLA comes here in 26. Florida State series, uh, Georgia goes there in 27, they come here in 28. Uh, now tech, uh, uh, Texas comes, Georgia goes there in 28, they come here in 29. So all these series, Georgia's basically – if it were a baseball game, they'd be the ones batting in the top of the first. Yeah, I don't. Is it the is it the even years where Georgia has just the Auburn, Tennessee, and Vandy are the only three conference games that come? That is correct. Yeah, so maybe yeah. that's got something to do I, with like it. Like I said, I guess it has to do with the Florida game. Yeah, because like I said, losing the the one home game. So like you're saying, because in the even years, that's the only three league games that right, come to Athens. Right. Yeah. Right. So that uh, certainly that's why that is. But it's just weird that in all these series, that Georgia is going first uh, on the road. But that does make sense. And but that, at least there's a four, there's a five year stretch. Now, granted, this is still a decade away where Georgia is playing Clemson for the five years. Yeah, no, I love that. Yeah. And they've got, I guess, yeah, the the game that'll be playing in Atlanta too. But over the next. You know, handful of years, there are the still a couple of those neutral side games with Oregon and Clemson, and so it is leaving really outside of Notre Dame's visit this year because the future West teams that come, you do have A&M now, but Arkansas is due up. I think Ole Miss is one of them that comes here. It's not like Bama and LSU are due to come back at any time soon, so even as far as it goes with those really attractive Western Division right. opponents, it's the the home schedules in the next couple of years. After you get by this one, because this one's great with Notre Dame and Texas A and M, but it's uh, but Georgia still. I think they've got some work to do here over the next couple of years to throw in a an interesting non conference game. Twenty one Arkansas comes here. Twenty three Ole Miss comes here. Twenty five, it's LSU. Okay, so we finally get them back at twenty five. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and then that's as far out as they have announced the schedule is through twenty five. Yeah, that's when the, a new rotation would take exactly. hold. Exactly. No, will there be non-conference games by then? I hope. I, I, but... I wish there were. <laughs> yeah. I would love to see that. I, I hope there are. And, again, that's a long way away. I don't know how far in advance you would have to talk about, you know, changing that. But that's something that I hope would definitely change. And it would help, you know, the fans, the boosters, that you want better home games. Well, having more conference games gives you better home games. And I always tell people this. It's like – if you took what's the worst conference game you could have right now if you're Georgia? Probably Arkansas. I mean the best conference home game you could have just as far as not being a rival, not being good. Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> not being in the division. Okay. Um, I, I, I guess it would be Arkansas. I guess right yeah, now. yeah. So even if you had Arkansas on the schedule this year and you took out Arkansas State, yeah, trade Arkansas for Arkansas State. Although they might, they might, Arkansas State might be offended by that. Yeah, North Texas blew North Arkansas Texas last year, so. so. But anyway, if you took Arkansas, if you had an extra conference game and replaced Arkansas State or even the FCS opponent Murray State, you'd have a better schedule just because you're playing one more conference. Game. Yeah, I mean, it would it would at least just change how the the home schedule looks. Exactly. And this year's a bad example because we do have a good home schedule, right, right, but last right. year's was bad. Next year's isn't looking good. 
because uh, the Virginia game is in uh, is, is in Atlanta, and then and there's Louisiana Monroe, East Tennessee State, and Tech comes here. Yeah, next year, and then in 21 oh, we're yeah, no, we're, sorry, in 20, yeah, yeah, yeah 21 we've got what San Josie, San Josie, UAB, and Tech right now. So we're still looking for another game, right? And one of the when, one of those years we were supposed to play Indiana State, and I know they bailed. Not that I'm complaining about that, but um, now was that a sign of something that could be coming? Hopefully, yeah, yeah. But that didn't have anything to do with that. What year was I, that? I want it was either twenty one or maybe twenty three. So that, was that to make room for Oklahoma? It wouldn't seem like that would matter. So we gave it? away a home because well, that's going out there. I, I, don't I think know. maybe it was twenty one. Yeah, I, I, yeah, suddenly there's a vacancy that year. Okay, yeah, you're right. There is. We're still, so maybe there's something in the works for twenty one. I I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Although I'd love Georgia to talk about it, I wish I had a little bit more insight into it. Right. I, I will say, you know, as we both know, there's a lot of fans complain about why didn't Georgia play this team or that team or whatever. Well, it's not because in a lot of instances Georgia's not trying. Yeah, it takes two to tango. Yes, it does. And Georgia's becoming a program now. There might be a lot of schools that don't have any interest in playing. Right. It, so. so, what do you think of um, schools using other sports to schedule? football games i think it's a good idea yeah if that's what it takes yeah i mean i know it's a on a smaller scale but isn't that what happened with that umass yep. series exactly so that was a football basketball contract right i wonder if we're going to start seeing more of that our basketball team had to go up there like right after christmas break to pay the price <laughs> for it but uh but we got to see andy isabella yeah happen, so he got some good draft tape it. yeah yeah he got some good draft tape out of it <laughs> But, uh, no, I mean, I'd be fine with that, with uh, having scheduling series and then other sports because football's definitely the big ticket item. But if Georgia was playing Oklahoma and basketball or baseball, because, you know, like last – I think Oklahoma's baseball team went and played at Kennesaw last, you know, 2018 yeah. season. And like, wow, Kyler Murray was at uh, – went and played at Kennesaw Did, last year. Was he there? Probably, oh, i got to go look that up. He might have been. Think about I that. think he was, yeah. Wow. But, uh, you know, so if Oklahoma's going to come and play at Kennesaw, I mean. I mean, I know they were kind of barnstorming for another, like they had a weekend series somewhere. Were they playing Tech? I, I think remember. on the Did weekend. Did they play Tech? Okay. I want to say it was, it was tied into something. Yeah. Uh, but, no, I think that kind of stuff's cool. And if, if uh, like, let's use North Carolina for an example. Football, uh, basketball, and baseball to do home and homes, I think that would be kind of sure. cool. That's where Tom Crean might be like, hey, hang hey, on wait one a second. Wait, do I have anything to say? A little input into this. But on his, you know, to for, for him too, I mean, if you look at what we're doing in hoop scheduling right now, we're going to go play in Maui this year. Uh, going to go play at uh, at Memphis, yeah. which will be a showdown of the top two recruits in this class. We got Ant-Man yep. and they've got James Weissman right. plus Penny. Plus they've got Penny, Penny Hardaway. That's right. So, and then you know, going to return into Arizona State. So, we're starting to beef up the the hoop schedule too. I like it. Now, this was also brought up that I hadn't thought about too. Do you think schools? I don't know. Do you think schools would be reluctant to play Georgia because of what happened at Notre Dame? In other words, yeah, you know, I could see that being yeah. a thing. Hey, we've got the dogs coming. Say, just like I'll just use Wisconsin as an example, and all of a sudden. There's a there's fifty thousand Georgia fans because the Wisconsin folks sold all their tickets. Yeah, or like if, if, if Ann Arbor would be that Michigan, way, would they do the same thing? I don't know, but that is a thought. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, well, here's we know Georgia fans would show up in yep. Ann Arbor. Yep, and whether or not they could get tickets, 
would be, I guess it would come down to how much they were willing to pay or whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, that might be something that certainly scares some programs like that away. Ohio State, <laughs> Penn State, any of them. And then here's another question. What level of Power 5 school do you draw the line at of trying to do a home-and-home home with? And I know that sounds like a kind of a, a snooty kind of thing to say, but, like, I'll just throw out Iowa State. Would George, should Georgia try to schedule a home and home with Iowa State? No. Or sh- what about Minnesota? No. What it, about it would, Georgia should try and do? I don't know. Like we're Boston College. Where do you draw the? I mean, you know what I mean. Where do you say? Okay, well, Boston College said they'd do a home and home with us. Iowa State said they'd do a home and home with us. Um, Houston said they. I know that's not a Power Five. That's a group of five. But Houston said they'd do a home and home. Where do you kind of draw the line? Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to go to any of those places. I think as far as road trips go, it's got to be someplace that would be, you know, an attractive what destination. What about Wazoo? be hard to get to. But. Yeah, I, I'd go to the other Washington. I think <laughs> well, I Seattle would be fine. Would be Pullman would be tough. Unless that would be one of those deals where maybe the it would be the basketball team that would have to pay the price. Like, <laughs> yeah. well – if you come here once in football, we'll send our basketball team out to you twice or something yeah, like that. Yeah. So use what that about as Arizona? Arizona, maybe sure. Yeah. I th- I didn't th- I thought the Arizona State trip was good. Yeah. Now, granted, by the way, that was beach. another one that a lot of Georgia fans went to. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What about a return trip to Oklahoma State? I don't think that was like a sexy destination. No, and that and and we also and here's another good point too. Every the. Everybody wants you to schedule these games, but then when you lose them, if you do, I'm yeah. not saying you, but when if you lose one of them, then everybody's all upset about it. I think there's a there's a short list of these games, and Georgia's done a good job of checking off most of them. The ones yeah. that I, I would like to see Ohio State and Michigan, uh, USC wouldn't be bad. Just thinking conference by conference, I think I'd take Oregon, and even though I know we're going to play them, but I'm talking home and home. Did you say I in Big Ten? Did you say Iowa? Would that be one? I don't think that's kind of. Right. I mean, to me, that's kind of right there on the Nebraska, Wisconsin. Nebraska, yeah. I think Nebraska and Wisconsin would be uh, suitable. So and you then, don't put Iowa with them? No. What about Northwestern? <laughs> no. Least, you could go back to Chicago unless they played the game in like Soldier Field or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, I know. Who is it? Uh, Oklahoma is going to New Orleans to play Tulane. And Logan's Logan looked at I didn't look it up. Logan said it was at Tulane Stadium, which holds like thirty thousand. Wouldn't you think they would be doing that like at the Superdome? In the Superdome, yeah. So I don't know. Would that be? Would you try to play a team at a destination city if you could get them to make that like if it's a home and home, but their home would actually be their home game would be like in a. Like, would you play Wisconsin like the way LSU did? Would you trade them a a Mercedes Benz for a Lambeau Field? Yeah, yeah. You, you would be open to did, that. We did Wisconsin and LSU. They play? did that, yeah. Or then they then they go Superdome and Lambeau, or did they go LSU and Lambeau? I I thought they went LSU Lambeau. Uh, it was yeah. Ooh. I think Wisconsin still agreed to just go and play in uh, Tiger Stadium. It's Tiger Stadium. Well, yeah, man, that's. That's interesting. Yeah. But, no, if you went and play, yeah, going and playing in Lambeau Field or some destination, you know, one of those, um, you know, bucket list kind of venues, I would take that. But if 
so Florida State's good. Miami wouldn't be bad. I don't know why Georgia and Miami haven't been able to get together. Hey, if Miami will go to Appalachian State, why wouldn't they come to Athens? Yeah, or they they'll go gonna... to Arkansas State or and went like, to Toledo. Toledo. Last year. Yeah, I don't know what the thinking is on that kind of scheduling. That's I th- bizarre. Yeah, what I think it is is Miami doesn't have an athletic department like these other schools that they can afford just yeah. to pay like the one and done, so they have to guarantee the return. Yeah. So those other schools make out. And, you know, it's funny, when we were out at Mississippi State with uh, the baseball team last weekend, we were talking to a couple of their folks who were saying, you know, a school like Mississippi State can't drop $2 million to bring in somebody for a a one-and-done non-conference. Yeah. So you're right about that. That's a good point, that sometimes they have to schedule a home-and-home with, like – They went to UMass – Yes, they did. And well, and they they, said they there played was no one there because they played in Foxborough. Yeah, yeah. They said it was like it, it looked like what Mercedes Benz or the Georgia Dome used to look like when you'd have like the high school football playoffs. Right. Just, there was no one. There. It was wasn't, and that's a bad example because I know for the high school football playoffs, it, there's still a lot of people there, but it just you know you don't have the whole stadium filled up. But like they've scheduled a home and home with Minnesota, Mississippi State has like down the road because. That makes more sense financially for them than it does to try to pay 1.8 to bring in, you know, UAB or something. Yeah. So but even I, that's like, to me, that's better even on their part is just because at least it's a Big Ten right, school. Right, right, And they're like compatible. Yeah. So. And they have to have, they have to have a, uh, you know, a Power Five school on their schedule every year, non conference, too. Yeah. They don't get the, like, the East teams have the, kind of built-in break where you're you've got we've got tech every year you know the florida florida state stuff but the west schools don't have it as easy so they got to get a little bit more creative in their non-conference just to to fill that bill yeah well that uh let's admit minnesota what's his name the uh the coach row your boat. Fleck. yeah pj fleck he'll row down the mississippi <laughs> he's he's heading there it might be 10 years from now who knows if he's who still the coaches there. are going to be but they're on the schedule. Yeah. But, uh, you know, love what George is doing. But, uh, again, a lot of this stuff is so far out in advance. But if you look at the schedules over the next uh, couple of seasons, there uh, there could still be a little a little work to, to be done on the home schedules here. So do you think 26 and 27, Joe Moorhead and P.J. Fleck will be coaching against each other? No. <laughs> I don't Yeah, either. absolutely not. In <laughs> fact, I mean, the, what it is. The, all, it, all these games that Georgia has scheduled for you know, over a decade away now, I mean, because Kirby went here and he's doing great so far, you think like, well, all right, he'll still be here, but do I think Tom Herman will still be at Texas? Um. Probably not, honestly. Lincoln Riley will be in the NFL by the time. Heck, he might be there by the time Georgia goes there Maybe in 23. So. Yeah. He ain't going to be their coach in 31. Nope. So, I bet, you know, a majority, literally a majority of the coaches now, way more than a majority, aren't going to be the coach of these of any schools. No. That, with these schedules that are going out to 30. Will Chip Kelly be at UCLA? No. Yeah. Absolutely. And Florida not. State, they'll he probably have, he can't sign anybody. Yeah. Florida State will probably have run through about another <laughs> two or three coaches by then. I'm gonna say Taggart will not be there either. All right, uh, it's the crossover podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville and coming soon, very, very soon, to it uh, the new location in five points. We'll uh, pause here for a second. We'll come back, we'll talk a uh, little Georgia basketball. They pick up another uh, point guard. 
so Georgia went from no point guards to they'll have uh, two solid options this upcoming season. And a little baseball, too, with Georgia winding down the uh, regular season. And also a mention of the Braves' botched attempt at revenge on Jose Urena. It's the crossover podcast here on 960theref.com. I like wings. I want pizza. I need a salad because I'm on a diet. Can we sit outside? You can't please all the people all the time unless you take them to Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville. You'll find all your Italian favorites from pizza to baked ziti, along with sandwiches, chicken fingers, and more. Plus a full bar for beer, wine, and cocktails. And a patio to enjoy the nice weather. So you can all agree the place to eat is Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in the Manders Crossing Shopping Center off Mars Hill Road in Watkinsville and coming soon to five points in Athens. Crossover podcast. It is episode 86 presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville and coming soon. Back within the next week, the location in five points should be open. As always, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or download us and listen on demand at any time at 960theref.com. Well, t- Tom Crean, he's getting he's doing that second year recruiting bump he has uh, signed a great class including uh with anthony edwards the player it's considered now the uh, top prospect in the country and now he's also added a point guard who had been committed to texas a&m severe we're going to go with severe uh until we hear different severe yep. wheeler out of uh, i guess he's out of houston right he is yes he's only he, you know he's 5'8 he's a little guy i was looking at uh, some of coach crean's teams back at uh, indiana and i guess he would be like a yogi ferrell type because yogi was a uh, tiny point guard too but he could fill it yeah and this guy is a top 100 guy you know and i guess that's what all five in yeah. the class are top 100 guys and then you mix in a one and done who uh, apparently now the ant-man is the number one player in this class that you've done a heck of an overhaul for for a team that went two and 16 in the sec last year and um yeah and you finally got that much needed point guard help now the one guy we got to keep an eye on is uh, of course nick claxton yep. It'd be great to have him back and uh and i guess georgia could they're still looking for a, a big guy to another big guy right i mean well they're definitely whether need claxton one. comes back or not yeah they would still need one because yeah. after that Ngumezi is the only guy over six eight even if claxton comes back and the thing with Claxton yeah he's 6'11 he's a big guy but it's not like he's one of those players that just bangs around in the paint all game so exactly exactly so I I I love it I still feel good about him but like you've been saying the last couple of weeks he's given us some you know little signs maybe they're smoke screens I don't know that he could be taken off I guess he has until the end of the month May 29th is the day you have to make the declaration if you're coming back. Yeah, this not. isn't a deal where you can just wait and see if you get drafted right, and decide right. to come back. They at least let you go and explore and still have the opportunity to come back. But, um, yeah, so he's got a couple weeks. But I guess i got to keep an eye on whenever the combine is in the NBA. Right. And, Right. You know, I hate to be like the guy, like, I'm really rooting for him to not do well there. It's like, no, I mean, <laughs> I know, selfishly, exactly. I want him to come back and play at Georgia. But um, I also yeah. certainly see the uh, the appeal that he would have to as an NBA prospect. Well, you know, like uh, I've said before, when they're high school prospects and you're looking at them, you see all the great things they can do when they're pro prospects and they're trying to make a decision. Then all of a sudden it's like, well, he doesn't, he's not good at this and he's not good at that. So he needs to come back. Yeah. Did you know he had short arms? <laughs> yeah. He's fingers. Yeah. Yeah. He has small hands. Yeah. His wingspan 
Yeah, so anyway, Nick's got to do what's best for Nick, and he will, whether it, you know, it works out for Georgia or not. I still feel okay about him, and if he does come back, the prospects are really, really good, I think, for, for Georgia next year, which is saying something for a team that went 2-16 and 16 in the conference this past year. Yeah, I think it's not unreasonable to, uh, to expect Georgia to be a team that could uh, move all the way up, at least to the – the top quarter of the the SEC and um you know be a, a an NCAA tournament team or at least one that's definitely a, around the bubble come selection time well the dogs have certainly signed uh, a swing team 656666 and 66 yeah. and then Wheeler is still technically a commitment he hasn't signed yet as at least as of right now but he's only like you said only 58 so Missing a little bit of size, and I guess that's the thing that, that Georgia's got to make sure they take care of. Georgia will be like all those Hawks teams post-Mookie Blaylock <laughs> that never – it was like when they went from Mookie to – was it Bibby was like the next yeah. decent point guard they had? Yeah. Well, and they I had a chance to draft Chris Paul or Darren Williams, and they took Marvin Williams <laughs> just to add to their swing just team. To, yeah, to the swing team. Yeah. But, yeah, the, the – uh, you know, have you heard like that the big man is going to be obsolete in basketball because players are now so good at shooting the three that if they want to create or recreate more of a two guards, two forwards, center kind of thing, or you know, two guards, three forwards kind of thing, that they the, that the line needs to be moved back some because. Players are just simply getting too good at shooting the three now. Well, I was watching the uh, the, the Golden State Houston game. Uh, the other night and yeah I mean it's effortless and there's not even a consideration that they're taking a bad shot but you just watch like Steph Curry and James Harden just pull up from you know like 30 feet and yeah. you know I mean and drain them like effortlessly and it's just not even or even but even, even if they miss one of them it's there's not even a thought like what, what was he thinking shooting that ball because like well they just do it all the time now yeah I know I mean that's the thing that's what it's become and a lot of people don't think it's Think it's good for, and you get for a lot the game. Of, you get a lot of longer rebounds. Yep. So you don't necessarily need to have one of those big men there. Exactly. So. I know it's something that I guess has to be addressed. Although all I hear now is just the officiating. It's all what's going on with the officiating. Well, in that series, yeah. Like every time there's a, a call or a no call, there's just the arms go in the air, <laughs> and Durant is really the worst about it. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Something happens to him. There's the arms are flying into the air. And then next thing you realize, like, he's not running down court to play defense. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I, I don't have time for this. Yeah. Sorry, I'm yelling at the ref. I'm right yelling now. at the ref. So you guys will have to play extra defense. Uh, all right. A couple of baseball notes as we uh, wrap up this edition of the Crossover Podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville. I actually was watching on Friday night, Dave, because I was curious just to see what would happen. Uh, whether or not the Braves would attempt any sort of payback on Marlins pitcher Jose Urena because he had not pitched against them since the events of August 15th, 2018, when he very intentionally plunked Jose Acuna because Acuna – Ronald Acuna. Ronald Acuna, yeah. 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 Uh, Because Acuna had been on a tear of hitting leadoff home runs, something he doesn't do anymore because he bats cleanup now. because they don't – they're not – assured that he'll bat in the first inning anymore no and he uh and he and he, he doesn't he often does not but uh I don't know what do you make of that the Braves completely botched it I was surprised that they uh they threw at him in the first place a they missed 
Uh, and then Gossman still got ejected anyway. But the Marlins had runners on second and third. So they the Braves appeared willing to load the bases. Now, granted, he's not Ricky Henderson, but you're still turning the lineup over for the leadoff hitter, who was Curtis Granderson that mm-hmm. night, who is was once upon a time a good enough hitter that he did earn the nickname the Grandy Man by John yes. Sterling. So, Which is fantastic. Uh, I don't know. The Braves are such a – to have these young players like Acuna and Albies, they, they still just strike me as a very curmudgeon franchise. The thing, too, that I, I, I was kind of wondering this last night watching Gossman pitch is that – so he only threw 20-something pitches on Friday, and then last night he got beat by the Dodgers, and the Dodgers got like a run in the first, a run in the second, two in the third. And it didn't fe- – and Walker Bueller actually was pitching very well for the Dodgers. But it, it's almost like, okay, not only did Gossman get thrown out of that game, He's, he's now getting a five-game suspension, which he's appealing, which I think is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, bogus. Yeah. Uh, hopefully that'll at least get knocked down. But then last night, it just he didn't look good either. He looked like he was out of his rhythm. He didn't look comfortable. And I just wonder because it, it got him out of his routine. So did that pit, one pitch have a carryover effect into a, a, a loss last night, which the way the division's going – one loss could be the difference between getting in the playoffs or not. Well, yeah, and I mean, this stretch that the Braves are on now where they've got uh, these games in L.A., then they go to Arizona, yeah. then they come home for a Yeah, this a, is a tough week. A week, and then yeah. they go back out west. <laughs> I mean, they've got, yeah, when they come back, they got the Cardinals and the Brewers. Right. So, yeah, th- uh, this is a tough month for me. And like you said, then they go back out to San Francisco and then St. Louis. So, yeah, definitely a, uh, a tough month. And it's not like the Braves are unbeatable at home. I mean, they've been swept there now twice. Yeah. I know the, the Diamondbacks got them. I guess the Rockies ended up – they were about to sweep them, but – Yeah, the Diamondbacks got them, and uh, Rockies the took Rockies took two or three. the first two. Yeah. Yeah, and then the Braves won eight to seven in that third one. So, yeah. Uh, and it's kind of the launching pad, too, isn't it? The, oh, uh, yeah, and then they split with the Padres. And split with the Padres, yeah. yep, yep. So, I, I, yeah, I that was weird. The Braves were all acting like, we're not uh, – that was in the past. We're not worried about Urania. And then right away. So, was Gossman trying to hit him or just trying to throw behind him? Well, he was definitely throwing – At him. Right, that wasn't yeah. a pitch that got away. Right, right, right. So, but that, I guess that is, was he – because there, they would have that would have loaded the bases. I don't. Know, maybe he, yeah, he, he. Because I, I know it's the Marlins or whatever. But to me, like you're really going to load the bases just to hit this guy back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for something that happened last August, and like baseball suspended the guy, and he was immediately ejected from the game. It's not like nothing happened right. to him, right? Right. So it's just this. There's this. These but baseball they convenient, didn't they conveniently wait to appeal. When the Bra- when they were playing the Braves, well, yeah, because he never pitched against right. them last year. And they had pl- they played them after that. Yeah, so I I wonder if that ticked the Braves off too. And somehow the Braves they did play already once this year, but he, he 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 didn't come up in the rotation. Yeah, maybe they skipped him then too because that series yeah. was in Atlanta. Right. Yeah. Because you know if the ser- if the game is in Atlanta, like those Braves fans are going to want to see right see him get plunked but it could this, have gotten a little volatile right but at this point atlanta can't do anything to him because the message has been sent like if you throw even at him we're going to eject your yeah. pitcher and then you're going to get fined and suspended after that i mean now the five games seems a little much i get it he's a starting pitcher so you're trying to suspend him for one start but that still seems like a lot to yeah me. especially since urena got six for what he did which seemed much worse 
Right, because there's no doubt that was intentional. Oh, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Although the other night was intentional, too. Yeah, yeah. It's had a different result. Because I saw the, on Braves.com, they had a story. It was yesterday about Gossman starting the Dodgers game, and it was like, he's coming back because he only threw 28 pinch it, pitches on Friday, and they hadn't quotes for intentionally throwing at Urena. Like, <laughs> I get, like they were disputing that claim yeah, or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Intentionally, we don't agree with, but that's what we're calling it. Yeah. I don't know. I uh, the unwritten rules of baseball. I mean, here's they're changing. However, you know whether you agree with it or not, the unwritten rules are getting a little bit different. Whether it's the bat flip, um, I heard you talking on the air the other day about Reese Hoskins and um, oh, his 34 yeah, second home yeah, run. And track. I was watching that when it happened, and I'll give the uh, the Mets pitcher credit, whoever it was, because he uh, he gave up the home run. Hoskins did the, and not only was it a 34-second trot, at the, when he got to the plate, he did a little little uh, kind of dance. Yeah. So it was more than just the 34 seconds. But the, the Mets pitcher threw to the net. You know, they, he, basically he was basically saying, all right, I struck you. I mean, he, Hoskins was mad because he, he had been hit. Well, that same pitcher, I think the game yeah. before, had like basically thrown one right at his head. Right, right. That's over what his it head. was, yeah. yeah. So I guess that and guy then, knew, like, all and right. Hoskins didn't go after him. He let his home run do the talking. The pitcher for the Mets, you know, it was basically his actions were like, you got me, let's yeah. move on. Yeah. So my he home, didn't plunk the next hitter. Right. And this, my home run trot would be to, I would apologize profusely to the pitcher and gently sob while I rounded the bases. <laughs> it's shame for having done what I did. I yeah. mean, I guess pitchers would appreciate that because you can't get excited yeah. if you homer off right. of them. But wasn't Harper the ne- wasn't Harper up next after Hoskins? No, I think he had or been was on he base. Before? Oh, he was on base. Yeah, so he was there. Well, whoever was next, they didn't throw at right. Uh, or you know, I don't know that because Ho- that was late in the game. I don't think Hoskins got another AB in that game. Well, that's the thing with the, yeah, that was like in the eighth or ninth yeah, inning. Yeah, but that's the thing with those hitters like uh, Harper. You always hear he and Scherzer used to get into ma- shouting matches because Harper would be like, when you throw at a guy, I'm the one that ends up paying for it. Right, right, right. So, you know, for some of these star hitters on teams, when the pitchers are out there trying to, to get you know justice against someone because they're mad that, you know, they homered off of them, then the star <laughs> player for the other team knows I'm the one that's going to get hit. Yeah. Well, that's why you get the big money. Yeah. That's so why he, you got the big contract. So he and Scherzer, I guess, were always yeah. at odds about that. <laughs> And uh, before we uh, roll out of here, a quick mention, the uh, Georgia baseball team sweeps the Gators. And so Cam Shepard homered, was it three or four times? He homered three times last week. All right. And twice in the doubleheader. Yeah, he's heating up at the right time now. He is. But Tucker Maxwell looks like he's got a little hamstring issue again. I don't know how it's going to be for him this weekend at Auburn, but Georgia put Cam Shepard back in the leadoff spot for that second game against Florida. So, having to move the lineup around a little bit. The injuries, it's crazy how many Georgia has had to deal with this year. But overcoming so far. Although, the thing is, Florida's team ERA going into the weekend was 721 in the SEC. That's like, That's okay, I get horrendous. it. Maybe they're, they're down. Yeah. They've been to the College World Series four years in a row. They won it in 2017. Maybe this isn't the best team they've had. But still, to roll in. With an SEC ERA of more than seven, and it, I guess it went. Let's see, Georgia scored what nineteen runs in the 
three games. They weren't all – it wasn't 27 innings because of the two sevens. It turned out to be uh, – what? Tw- let's see. 21 only batted – Well, no, 20 24 innings. times, right, because there was no bottom of the ninth. So, there was eight and then two sixes, right? Yeah, yeah. So, 20 so, times. Yeah. Or 20 innings. 20, so, they gave up 19 runs, I think. I don't know if they were all earned, but basically their team ERA in the SEC is about seven, which is just like, what? What is going on? I mean, for Florida. For Florida, I know, even if it's not their best team. I know last year they lost Brady Singer, Jackson Coar, their closer, Michael Byrne, but still, that's amazing. And they came to Athens with nine conference wins, and they left with nine conference wins. Take that, Dan Mullen. They're all, <laughs> yeah, it's all that talking from Dan Mullen. That's what's brought on. But the Gators are on the bubble now for just even getting to a regional. Yeah. So, I mean, when They're was – They're number 11 right now if the SEC tournament started today. Oh, look out. 11 out of the 12. Now, they're not – I don't – they're not really on the verge of not getting in. But still, that's that's crazy that they've – that they're having that kind of year. Yeah, that they're just in that neighborhood, though. Yeah, yeah. But right. it was good to sweep them. All right, appreciate you checking us out again this week. We'll uh, be back again next week for another edition of the Crossover Podcast. And again, by next week, the fully loaded pizza kitchen in Five Points should be up and running, but uh, we'll fill you in on uh, all that. But as always, you can go check them out in the Manders Crossing Shopping Center in Watkinsville. For David Johnston from the uh, Morning Show, I'm Chris Brain from the home team. Appreciate you listening. You can uh, subscribe to us on iTunes or Listen on demand at 960theref.com. This has been the Crossover Podcast. You've been listening to the Crossover, presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville on 960theref.com.